We're going to go ahead and get into our message this morning. Um, uh, the message that the Lord kind of really put on my heart is about being a prayer warrior. And uh, we're going to learn more about that this morning here in just a few minutes. Um, the subject of prayer is probably one of the most difficult to preach on. The reason being is because it's a very convicting topic. Um, just like Bible reading, uh, prayer is one of those topics that it just gets you. It really does. Um, and it's a good reminder, though, of just how important it is to pray. How important it is that we need to pray. And um, and so, I don't know many people who are satisfied with their prayer life. Um, you know, I know that I'm not satisfied. Uh, my desire this month is that my time in prayer, my relationship with God in prayer, will grow. Um, you know, if anything, to help me. Because, you know what, I, I, I'm tired of just going with the motions sometimes. I want to grow. I want it to grow deeper than it has ever been. Fervent prayer is probably one of the most neglected things in most Christians' life. Most Christians probably spend less than 10 minutes in prayer if they even pray. One of the main reasons that prayer is neglected in our lives is that we do not see it work immediately most of the time. You know, and I think that's because of a lot of the culture that we live in today. We live in a, a fast-paced, instant, gotta-have-it-now culture. And, I mean, we have, uh, you know, I mentioned a little bit at the men's uh, prayer breakfast yesterday. I mean, you know, we've, we've got, uh, uh, you know, you can take a picture and you have it instantly on your phone now, you know. And before you, remember the old Kodak picture takers? You know, you, you take the picture and you have to wait like 10 minutes for it to develop and be able to see what you actually took a picture of. And, um, you know, we have such an amazing technology. I mean, you know, we can text anywhere in the world. And it be received just like that. I mean, you think about it 200 years ago, how long it took a letter to get someplace. It took months, if not years, to get to places. And now we can just send a text message and they got it instantly. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, you go to fast food restaurants and, um, you know, you order out and you get upset if your order isn't done within five minutes. You know, and you're like, come on, where's my meal? I'm, I'm hungry, you know. <laughs> and because we, we, we get to the point where we just, we want it now. And so when we pray, we want answers now. We want it done now. And God doesn't work that way. He works in His own timing. He works as, um, according to His own will. And so when we pray and it seems like God isn't answering, we give up and say, you know what? Oh, it must not be God's will then. Well, it might be God's will that, that, that He answers that prayer, but He might be waiting a little bit long to teach you patience, to teach you long-suffering, to really see, do you really mean what you are praying for? Is it really a burden on your heart that you're asking for? And um, He wants to know, I think, how serious you are and you feel about that request. I mean, if it's something that's serious enough to you, you'll keep praying about it. And keep on praying until you do get an answer. God does answer. If He says no, then, then you got your answer. If He says yes, you've got your answer. But if, if there isn't an answer yet, keep on praying. Don't give up on praying. Because, um, you're just gonna, you're, you're gonna fall short in your own heart saying, you know what? Well, I guess it's just not be God's will. 
Sometimes we just don't know. It just might not be his timing yet. And uh, so keep on praying. Don't give up. Um, look here. I want you to turn, if you would, this morning to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 10. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helm of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. A lot of people, when they're talking about the armor of God, they leave out verse number 18. And verse 18 is the most important prayer or verse in the, regarding the whole armor of God. It says, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You see, we're, we're supposed to have this, this armor that we're supposed to put upon us. And it's not a physical armor. You know, you don't see me grabbing a helmet and putting it on, you know, every single day or grabbing that shield or, you know, and taking out one of my many swords that I have in storage somewhere. And uh, you don't see me taking that out, you know, and I'm wheeling around and running around with it. The, the weapons and the, the armor that God has given us are spiritual. And, uh, and it's through prayer as we, as we put these different, um, pieces of armor on every single morning. Um, Hold your place here, but go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Just a few pages to the left. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You see, the weapons that we have to battle and to, and to fight are not physical weapons. They're not fleshly weapons. They're spiritual. And, uh, and as, as a, a, a prayer warrior, you look to use those weapons to battle with. And um, let's go ahead and bow in a word of prayer, and then we'll go ahead and dive into the message this morning. Father, we thank You so much again. God, that uh, you want to listen to us pray. God, that um, you even enable us to be able to pray to you, Lord. And Father, I pray that you would bless this morning's message, God, that you speak to hearts. Lord, I know I'm not satisfied with my prayer life. And I pray this morning that um, maybe there's some people in here, they just they don't know how to pray. They're, they're afraid to pray. They, um, they, just, they, they feel so weak. 
maybe this, this morning, Lord, that they'll be able to see some, uh, some ways where they can equip themselves. God, that they can grow in their, in their faith and their, in their walk with you. And Father, I pray that you would. Uh, Lord, just uh, help me to say what you want me to say. And Lord, that you would. God, just bless this message this morning. I do ask, Lord, that you would help somebody. And if someone here has not trusted you as their Savior, God, that they wouldn't leave this room uh, in doubt of their salvation and their eternity in heaven. And God, I pray that you would. Father, just, uh, Lord, just bless your spirit amongst us, Lord, that we would know, God, that you have met with us this morning. Father, I love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, looking at Ephesians 6, um, when we go to the Lord in prayer, you are equipping yourself for the battle zone of your day-to-day life. I mean, this is not just a one-time equipping of yourself. This is something that you need to do every single day. You need to be able to put this armor on. You see, you and I are soldiers for the Lord. But do you just want to be just a regular, everyday, common soldier? Or do you want to be a warrior? Do you want to be someone who uh, is renowned? Someone who is strong? Someone who can fight? Um, so what is a prayer warrior? You see, a warrior was someone who was trained for war and for battle. They lived by their skill with their weapons. If they didn't know their weapons, they didn't know how to use them, they would have been killed. They wouldn't have lasted very long. And so they had to learn. They had to um, be aware of how to use their weapons. See, most times these were men of courage, men of bravery. King David surrounded himself and led men of great caliber that were called David's mighty men. When they went into battle, the enemy knew that they were in trouble. When David's mighty men showed up on the scene, that changed the war. It changed the battle because these men knew how to fight. These men were professionals. These men were warriors. A person who is a prayer warrior realizes that there is a spiritual battlefield all around us. They know how powerful prayer really is and how greatly a weapon it is against the kingdom of darkness. Sometimes you wonder if they can see what most of us cannot see. Uh, if you look back into Ephesians chapter 6 right there, Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12, For we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are all spiritual realms. These are all things that you and I, for the most part, we're completely blind to. But there's a, a whole other realm that we don't even see. And there's a war raging around us. Elisha could see that battle. Elisha could see that realm. Uh, turn with me, if you would, to 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Verse number 8. Verse 8 says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel 
and took counsel with his servant, saying, In such and such a place shall be my camp. And the man of God said unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there, not once, but t- nor twice. So he did it more than two times. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing. And he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? So here what that happened was is the, ki- is the king of Syria was sending his army out to attack the Israelites. And, uh, and Elisha would send a message to the king of Israel and saying, the Syrians are going to attack you here. Don't go there. And it happened not once, not twice, several times. To the point where the king of Syria was wondering, with all of his war counsel, which one of you is the traitor? Who is telling the king of Israel where we're going to attack him? Where, what's going to happen? Why, who, whose side are you on? And look at verse number... Um, Let's see here, verse number 12. says, And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. So here the king is secretly giving his plans, and God is telling Elisha, this is what the king's planning on doing. And so Elisha is able to tell the king of Israel to spare him. Verse number 13, it says, And he said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send, for, send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host. And they came by night and compassed the city about. So they surrounded the city where Elisha was. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, a host compassed the city, both with horses and chariots, and his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? What are we going to do? And he answered, Fear not. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man. And he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of the horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. And Elisha said unto them, This is not the way, neither is this the city. Follow me, and I will bring you to the man whom you seek. But he led them to Samaria. And it came to pass when they were coming to Samaria that Elisha said, Lord, open the eyes of these men that they may see. And the Lord opened their eyes and they saw, and behold, they were in the midst of Samaria. So here they're surrounded. And Elisha just asked, Lord, smite them with blindness. They can't see. And they all become blind. The whole entire army comes blind. They don't know where they're at. So Elisha says, the, the man you're searching for, Elisha, he's not here. Come follow me. And so this entire army follows Elisha back into Samaria. And, uh, and so when, when that whole army is gone, uh, then Elisha prays and, and they receive their sight and they're nowhere near Elisha anymore. And uh, it's, just, it's just amazing that uh, you see the power that Elisha had in prayer with God. He saw what most 
people do not see. He saw that there is a spiritual realm around us. And that he knew that the power of God was far greater, far more numerous than the the physical that we see in our lives today. Prayer warriors are people who fight on their knees instead of their physical fists. And instead, they leave the fighting up to God. You know, sometimes we become so arrogant enough to think that we can handle the devil and whatever he throws at us. But look what Scripture says in James 4, 7. He says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. See, the whole key point of that verse is submitting yourselves to God. You see, when we try to, we try to fight the devil on our own, he's going to lick us quite easily. And he's going to chew us up, and he's going to spit us out, and then we're going to quit on God because we think, well, God, you didn't, you didn't handle the situation. Rather than saying, okay, God, I, I can't face this situation. I can't face the devil. I can't face what's going on. Lord, I'm giving you, I'm, I'm stepping back out of the way, and I'm giving the fight to you. You fight. You, you take him on. <laughs> the devil knows he can't lick God. And that's why he flees. Because he, he, he knows that when you let God intercede, God get stepping in the front, the devil can't, he can't win. And so he flees. Some prayer warriors of Scripture, and there are many of them, Moses, Daniel, David, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hannah, Elizabeth, Elijah, Elisha, Paul, and most of all, Jesus. These are just a small portion of the prayer warriors that are in Scripture. But where are the prayer warriors of today? Sadly, instead of focusing on the real battle, Christians today would rather become warriors of the following. Following sports teams and things like that. And honestly, in the scope of things, it means very little. I mean, ten years down the line, you're not even going to remember who's actually who's the winning team this year. You really aren't going to remember. And yet we put so much emphasis, you know, on my team winning and then they don't win and we we waste our time. Now, it's not wrong to watch sports and things like that, but we can put so much focus in sports that it becomes our life. And honestly, it's not it's not going to make an eternal difference. It's not going to make a lasting impact. Sometimes we put our careers We focus so much time in our career that we neglect the time that we need to spend with God. How about that? Wasting our time on video games and entertainment. You know, trying to get your your character up to the highest level you can. And uh, you know what? There's always going to be someone that's better than you. So no matter how hard you try, if you try to be number one, guess what? Someone will always beat you. <laughs> and, uh, and sometimes it can be a great waste of time. Now, we also have our, our hobbies and other distractions from the real battle that, are around, that is around us, which is the battle for the souls of men and women. That's the real battle. And uh, we can be so 
diverted, distracted by all these things in the world that it really it takes away our effectiveness as prayer warriors and as Christians. We put so much time in these things and we neglect our time with God. You know, when I think of prayer warriors, of born-again, Bible-believing Christianity, I think of people like Andrew Murray. The things that the things that he did with his life are just amazing. He relied upon God for everything. And God met his needs. I mean, it was just amazing reading all about Andrew Murray. Starting orphanages and schools for little boys and girls. And relying upon God to supply all his needs. And God took care of that ministry. Men like E.M. Bounds, probably one of the greatest writers about prayer. He had a true walk with God. Men like Charles Spurgeon. Women like Fanny Crosby. Some of the greatest hymns that we sing are because of her just pouring out her heart in prayer to God. Even today, pastors, some pastors, this is a pastor that I know. His name is Dr. Don Green. He's in his 90s now, and he's kind of resigned a little bit, I think, as the, as the pastor of his church. But um, I had an opportunity to walk into his office, and um, I tell you what, it humbled me. In his office, all around all the walls were prayer cards of missionaries all across the world. And every single morning, he would walk over to his wall, and he would pray for every single missionary. Not just the man, but he would pray for the wife. He would pray for the children. This man would spend hours in prayer, praying for missionaries across this world, praying for people, praying for his church family. Uh, it, it humbled me when I saw the dedication and desire of this man to pray for people. I know our church here has several prayer warriors, but I won't call them out by name. You know who you are. So how do you and I even try to become a prayer warrior? First of all, it takes training. A warrior usually isn't formed overnight. It takes training. You see, David didn't just pick up a sling uh, that was lying around when he met Goliath. You know, he just, just happened to say, oh, here's a sling. Let me, let me try using this weapon And when he went to go face Goliath. Uh, no, um, <laughs> David was proficient because he trained with it while he was watching the sheep. I mean, as he's watching the sheep, uh, there's time there you, you have a lot of time <laughs> sometimes and just watching the sheep. I mean, you're watching sheep. And so, so to pass the time, he'd write songs. To pass the time, he'd pray. To pass the time, he would take up his sling and he would practice. You know, he would take that stone, he would sling it and sling it and sling it. Practicing his sling physically gave him focus of mind and sight. It gave him dexterity and strength. and also gave him cunningness of how to attack his enemy if he was ever needed. I mean, how did he know? I mean, here you have this huge armored soldier, Goliath, and the only vulnerable spot that was there was right before, right between his eyes, 
That was the only area that he could hit. I mean, he had armor on. I mean, if he would have tried to throw that sling and it would have, you know, hit his chest, it probably would have just dented his armor and bounced off. And though God directed that stone, he threw and he slung it right where he knew that it would need to go. And the proficiency of practice. So how do we train ourselves as prayer warriors? First of all, you need to find a place that's quiet and a time where you can be alone with God. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. Find a quiet place if you can. And a time where it's just you and God. No one around you, just you and God alone, and you can just talk to. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 5. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask Him. So we need to find that quiet place to pray. Um, that's where the closet is. It doesn't have to be like a little, a little closet area. Um, for me, when, when I lived back in Michigan, um, one of my favorite places was, was I went down to a lake. And uh, just um, it was really calm and peaceful, and I loved listening to the sound of, of, the, of the water lapping on the shore. And I would go down there, and I would read my Bible, and I would pray. And, uh, and I'll be honest with you, I, I enjoyed it so much. We need to find that place of prayer. We need to find that place that, that is, is sacred to you and I. That we can go to and we can, we can kind of close the door, so to speak, of, of our problems that we deal with in, in the world and just turn our attention and, and our hearts towards God. Uh, turn with me also to chapter 14. Chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. Now, this is talking about Jesus. <clears throat> Straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him into the other side, verse 22, while he sent the, the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Look at chapter 26, verse 36. Jesus oftentimes, before he made decisions, he went to and had a private place of prayer. Spent time with his Father. Verse number 36, 26-36. Then cometh Jesus with them into a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto his disciples, Sit ye here while I go and pray yonder. And he took with them Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, 
My soul is exceeding sorrowful, and even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. Turn with me, if you would, to Acts chapter 10. Not only did Jesus look for places to set apart and to pray, but so did Peter. Acts chapter 10, verse number 9. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So here he was alone. And God gave him that vision of uh, the, the animals, the unclean animals on the tapestry. And he said, no, I'm not going to touch it. I'm a good Jew. I'm not going to eat any of these things. And, uh, and God said, what I call clean, don't you call unclean. I'm paraphrasing. But he's basically saying, um, these are now clean. And what he was talking to and referring to was the Gentiles. That Because then, as soon as um, Peter finished seeing the vision... Two men and a soldier came from Cornelius, and Cornelius was a Roman soldier, a Gentile, and uh, and asked for uh, for Peter to come and bring him to Cornelius. And Peter had no idea what in the world was happening, uh, but he followed and he went with them. And when he came to Cornelius, uh, Cornelius had gathered all of his friends, all of his family, to hear what Peter would say about the Christ, about the Messiah. And as, as Peter preached to them um, about, the, about Christ being crucified, uh, they all got saved. And the Holy Spirit filled them. And then after the Holy Spirit came upon them, they all were baptized. <clears throat> First of all, find a quiet place and alone with God. Secondly, remove any distractions. Remove any distractions that are going to come in, during your time of prayer. Uh, you know what? Uh, when you t- have that time of prayer, <clears throat> turn your phone off. Turn the computer off. Get rid of any distraction. Because when you pray, your mind will go to that, that device. Your mind will go to whatever that possible distraction could be. And you just need to turn it off and say, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm letting my focus be on God. You see, a, a warrior's greatest risk is when they're not focused and they let their guard down. I mean, God might be having something for you that day, and uh, and you'll get that text message as you're sitting there praying, or uh, you know maybe you get that email or something, or your phone goes off, and or dings, or you get a phone call, and um, <laughs> count on it, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. First Corinthians sixteen thirteen says, "Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit ye like men, be strong." We're supposed to be on guard. We're supposed to be not letting anything take away our focus. Thirdly, create a list or a journal that you can write down prayer requests and praises. I'll be honest with you, these focus your mind. I mean, if you go in, I'm just being honest with you. Uh, if you go in there and you pray, sometimes I struggle to, to figure out things to pray for. I really do. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things I want to pray for, but it, it's, it, it's like it's my mind sometimes just doesn't want to think about what I want to pray for. And, uh, and so when I have that list and, and, and those things, it helps to focus my mind to pray for people. 
Um, that's one of the reasons why uh, we wanted to create this impossible prayer list, is so that you would pray for people. Um, again, this this bulletin here has a lot of um, a lot of burdens, a lot of um, desires, things that are heavy, heavy on people's hearts. Now, I mean, I would ask you, take one of these and pray for one another. And, um, I mean, you know, the thing, some of the things that are in here are personal, so be mindful of that. Uh, these are burdens that people have on their heart. But pray for each other. Um, I'll be honest with you, one of the things that I was looking forward with this, you see, I pray for you guys, but a lot of times I don't know how to pray for you. I don't know what to pray for you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what some of the burdens are that are on your heart. And so... Uh, like with, with this, this little bulletin here, now I know. Now I know how I can pray for you better. Now I know how I can um, be able to, to just go to the Lord and, and, and to talk with Him. Now, in case your name, if you didn't, weren't able to get the, the list to me, if your name's not in it, in the back, there's a little blanks here, fill in your name. Fill in your requests. And there's also a bunch of other blanks. Go to people in the church that aren't listed here and say, what can I pray for you about? What can I pray? What are you going through that that I can just carry the Lord in prayer for you? And then take this and start using this. And now when you know the end of October comes, October 31st, you don't have to say, oh, well, our month of prayer is over with and just take it and bin it. I'm hoping that you keep it. That you'll keep praying for each other. Um, you know, there's again, there's some impossible things in here that we see as impossible. I'm, I'm hoping that in the months to come, that we'll start seeing answers to some of these things. That I mean, people, their hearts will come under conviction and say, you know what, I need God, I need, I need Christ, and they'll get saved. Maybe people will turn their heart and get right with God. Um, we don't know until we pray. But take the list and pray for it. Um, secondly, um, another idea that I that I used to have, uh, last week I was going through some of my stuff, and I found a journal that I had from back in January of 2007. And I had wrote onto it my answered prayers journal. And uh, in this journal I began to write down all the, the, the different things that God answered for me. It could have been just simple things. But I wrote down every answer to prayer that God was given to me. One of those things was a call to Ireland. Another one was being accepted by my mission board. Traveling safety. God bringing Jennifer and I together. And I, I feel bad because I stopped. I stopped writing them. And, I, and, and I'm glad I picked it up again because it reminded me just how much it encouraged. It, it encouraged me just reading it this week, knowing, wow, I, rem- I remember those times when I was praying for those things. And God answered those things. Having something like this is a, is a tool that will encourage you. 
you can go back and say, when you get discouraged, because honestly, there's going to come days where you just want to quit. You just want to say, you know what, God, I'm tired of this. Or there might be some people that say, ha, prove me that God's real. And you can take and you can bring this journal and say, this is how God's real. He's answered this and this and this and this and this. I encourage you, do something like that. I think you would be surprised just what God does in your life. It makes prayer real is what it does. And honestly, it makes you want to pray even more. Because, I mean, I, I was looking at those things. And you know what? I was, and I just came to think to myself, God wants to do so much more. And um, so I'm looking forward to getting back and doing that. Lastly, just keep doing it. Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. See, David didn't just take that sling up and just try one time. He kept at it. He kept at it. He kept at it. So you want to, you want to learn how to be a prayer warrior? It takes training. It takes keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep doing it. Keep on trying to, to get those times of prayer. Secondly, it takes determination. You see, training as a warrior is hard. And it's very easy to give up. But for a warrior to excel, they need to be determined to keep at their training. I mean, can you imagine when they started doing the, the calisthenics and, you know, and all the physical push-ups and all this to get their, all their, their physical body in, in shape and things like that to be able to, to have a sword and throw it around or, you know, to swing it around. It takes a lot of strength to wield a sword, especially when you're hacking and slashing and everything for quite a while. It, it, with any weapon, even pulling back a bow. Uh, it takes a lot of strength to pull a bow back and forth, back and forth. So you need to train. And it's very easy to have given up because, honestly, uh, when you start to do exercises, your body, next couple of days, starts screaming, saying, what did you do to me? And we've all been there, you know, and, and we, we all have those, uh, those times and your body says, what in the world are you trying to do to me? Um, but what... Does it mean to be determined? It means you'll not let anything keep you from your prayer time. You're not going to let anything stand in your way. I believe that Christians do not pray because their flesh does not want to pray. When you pray, you are humbling your flesh. And um, <laughs> let's be truthful a bit. It doesn't like it one bit. Your flesh does not like to be humbled. Your flesh is used to being in charge and running your life. But when you instead yield yourself to spending time in prayer, your flesh will fight you. Count on it. Um, turn with me, if you would, to Romans chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. Verse number 18. Paul here is writing, he says, For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good, I find not. Turn with me also to Galatians chapter 5. A couple books to the right. Galatians chapter 5. Verse number 16. 
This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye would. You know what? I want to get up early in the morning and pray. I really do. But my flesh does not. We'll just be honest with you. We'll just put up, I mean, just bring it right down to everyone. I mean, we're, we all face that. You know, we want, we, we know in our hearts, you know what? I, I, I need to get up and I need to pray. I need to spend time with God. And your flesh will say, no. I would prefer to be in bed. I would prefer to be nice where it's nice and warm, uh, where you're nice and cozy. I don't want to get up. It likes sleep. It likes to stay there. That's one of the ways that it will fight you, is with fatigue and tiredness. And we all struggle with that. But so do the disciples. Turn with me, if you would, to Matthew, back to Matthew chapter 26. I, I, I've been there. I, it's, you know, it's, it's something that we battle all the time. I mean, when you're sitting there praying and, and, uh, sometimes you struggle to stay awake. I, uh, I mean, you, you know, the eyes start getting heavy and your thoughts start getting hard to, to focus and, it happens. Look at verse 36 again. It says, Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here, um, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and began to be sorrowful and very heavy. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here, and watch with me. And he went a little further, and fell on his face, and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible... Let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. And he cometh unto his disciples, and findeth them asleep. And saith unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. Well, listen to what he says here. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if this cup, if this cup may not pass away from me, except I drink it, thy will be done. And he came, and what? look what happens again, 43, and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them, and he went away again, and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then cometh he to his disciples, and saith unto them, Sleep on now, and take your rest. Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners." Even the disciples had a hard time staying awake. Let's just be honest with you. Your flesh, it's, it's a spiritual thing. As much as you desire it, your flesh will not want to do it. If your time to pray is first thing in the morning, and that's probably the best time, your flesh will fight you to stay in bed. It will. It will tell you that you're too tired or it's too cold out. Just stay a few more minutes, and then you can get up. And, uh, and those few minutes end up being a little few more minutes. Let's just be honest with you sometimes. And, uh, pretty soon it becomes more time than you really wanted to. And your flesh just robbed you of your time with God. It just, it, it, it did it, it got what it wanted. As you pray, sometimes your mind will start racing about all that you have to do that day. And it'll distract your focus on your praying. See, your flesh doesn't want you to pray. Christians who do not pray because of Satan's attacks. 
When you go to pray, the devil will try to stop you from praying. He knows that there is victory, peace, and joy for the Christian who prays. He will start filling your mind with junk that comes from out of the blue. He'll start putting images in your head that you may have seen recently. Or he will bring up memories of your life before you became a Christian. He will also accuse you because of your past. He will try to make you feel like you're not worthy enough to pray. And that you of all people have no right to pray to a holy God. He'll do that. He's dirty. He doesn't fight fair. But remember, when he attacks, remind him of his defeat at the cross. And that in God's eyes, you are now made worthy to talk to him. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1 and 2 says, And he showed, and he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to resist him. And the Lord said unto Satan, The Lord rebuke thee, O Satan, even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is not this a brand plucked out of the fire? You and I are just like that brand. God saved us out of a world of sin, out of a destination that we deserve to go to hell. We're those brands plucked out of the fire. And Satan is there to resist us as much as he can. Remind him that he lost. When he starts putting those thoughts in your head that you're not worthy, that uh, you deserve to uh, to go to hell, that you uh, you can't pray, you shouldn't be praying, God doesn't want nothing to do with you, just remind him, you know what? Jesus settled at the cross. Jesus loved me so much. God loved me so much that he went to the cross for me. Remind him of that. Lastly this morning, it takes dedication. A warrior does not give up his training just because he misses a day or events happen that are out of his control. Instead, he gets right back into it and picks up where he left off. You see, consistency is something, or consistency as something develops a habit. Having that time of prayer is a good habit to have in your life. Uh, there are two main parts of developing a walk with God. Reading your Bible and prayer are those two main parts. If you have to, schedule your time with God and protect it. I mean, if you have, um, if your day is busy and we all have busy days, uh, schedule your time if you can. Put a block of, of time in your day. This is my time of prayer and protect it. Guard it. Not, don't let something uh, come into that time if you can, if you can um, avoid it. Because if you don't plan on spending time with God in prayer, it's not going to happen. Something will come up. You see, the devil loves to throw up distractions that will take you away from spending time with God. Don't be surprised when you get ready to spend time with God that something ends up happening right before it and it can't be put off. But if you happen to miss a day of, in praying or whatever and you feel like you blew it, don't give up. Don't give up. Get back into your routine and don't quit. Keep on praying. It takes dedication. Proverbs 24.16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Uh, my dad used to always say, when the, to- when the going gets tough, the tough get going. When things get hard, that's when you really need to, to dedicate yourself to what you're doing. You need to dedicate it. Once you develop that time with God, keep that mindset throughout the day. If something happens, pray about it. Pray when someone comes into your thoughts. 
Just have a mindset of attitude of prayer. Again, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. As you develop that prayer life and that walk with God, start carrying it through the rest of your day. Um, the greatest motivation for you and I to pray should be our love for the Lord. He is our captain. And He is worthy of praise and to talk to. He made it possible for you and I to even pray to God. And He even now intercedes for you and I. 1 Timothy 2.5 says, For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And just like our memory verse says in Psalm 116.1, I love the Lord because He hath heard my voice and my supplications. As you grow in strength spiritually in prayer, you'll want to spend even more time. You don't want to stop. Because you see just exactly how fulfilling and how wonderful it actually is. In conclusion this morning, can I ask you, how is your prayer life going? Do you find yourself longing to be stronger of a person of prayer than you are right now? I'm not satisfied. I know I could probably be stronger in prayer. I know I can be. If you do, that's good. Because we should all feel that way. Some of you maybe in this room would be scared to death if I asked you to pray publicly to dismiss the service at invitation. I mean, you, you, know, you would like probably die of shock. Can I ask you why? Why are you afraid to pray? Are you embarrassed? Are you ashamed? We should be counted an honor just to pray. I'm hoping this morning that like me, you don't want to stay the same in your prayer life. I'm hoping that you want to grow stronger as a prayer warrior. My pastor, uh, Dr. Jenkins in, in Michigan, uh, I remember him preaching in a message that um, as he was at the church there in his office, he received a phone call and uh, from the police that uh, his secretary had just been in a severe car crash. And um, we're rushing her to the ambulance. And he immediately started praying. But as he began... He felt the Holy Spirit's voice convict him about was he really right with God? And that would he be able to get a prayer through for God to spare her life? He said that moment changed his prayer life forever. If if something happened today to one of your loved ones, would you be able to get a prayer through? Are you right with God? Are you close enough to God where God would listen? When it comes to prayer, most of us probably take it far too lightly and we don't see the seriousness of prayer sometimes. You see, it costs Jesus going to the cross for you and I to have a relationship with God. It doesn't... um, Jesus paid for your sins. And God tore away the veil that was between Him and us. Our prayer now is able to come before the throne of God. And it's all because of the cross. This morning, you may think that in your heart that you're pretty weak as a prayer warrior. You know, it doesn't have to stay that way. It doesn't have to stay. You don't have to be content being where you're at. It's up to you to decide. And you know what's amazing? Is that a prayer warrior can be of any age. 
You don't have to. It, it could be a, a small child to an aged saint. It can be any age. Becoming a prayer warrior does take training. I know I listed a few examples of how to improve your prayer life. These are really just some suggestions that have helped me. Find what works for you. But above all, you need to find a quiet time alone with God that you won't be disturbed at. Even if it's only 20 minutes, take it. Becoming a prayer warrior takes determination. Do not let your flesh or anything else keep you from your time with God. Becoming a prayer warrior takes dedication. Be consistent at it, and it will be easier to stay at. And it'll be, it'll be easier to stay at it. Honestly, the hardest part is starting to pray, and putting aside that time, getting yourself and your your um, getting started. I think is the hardest. But when you start praying, you really see how weak you really are, and how strong your flesh truly is. But grow. Our greatest motivation to pray should be our love for the Lord. That should be our desire, and not just to give Him a list of our wants and needs. Pray because you want to talk to Him. You know, it doesn't have to always be out loud. You know, if you're afraid of people hearing you pray, just pray to yourself. But at least spend time and pray. Andrew Murray said, Some people pray just to pray. And some people pray to know God. I read that and I said, you know what? I don't want, when I pray, just to give a, a list and say, well, I just spent my time in prayer. I want, when I pray, that God will just draw me closer to Him. That when I talk to Him and when I, when I pour out my heart, that our, our relationship grows stronger. You see, Paul is one of the greatest examples of a prayer warrior. He prayed about everything. He prayed whenever he could. And I hope that at the end of my life, I can say like he did in, in 2 Timothy 4.7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. That's my desire. That my time that in prayer will grow and grow and grow. I want to be a prayer warrior. I want to, I want to be able to stand and fight. I want to be able to, to be there for people... Um, in prayer when they need me. I think probably one of the greatest lies that we as Christians say is, I'll pray for you. It's the greatest lie we say. You know, someone has a need and said, oh, I'll pray for you. And then we don't. We don't. And we let it slip by, and you know, maybe our day just kind of goes past. But when, when you do say, I'm going to pray for you, do it right then and there. Not for a show, but just say, you know what? You, you, you're going through a hard time. Let me pray for you. Wouldn't have stopped Paul. Paul would have prayed no matter where. He, would have, he, would, he probably would have prayed in the busiest of places because he knew how powerful prayer was. And he didn't care who saw his relationship with God. But hopefully this morning, it might have been encouragement to you just to grow stronger in your prayer life. Become a prayer warrior. Desire to do something great on your knees. Because honestly, that's where it's all at. Let's go ahead and, and uh, bow in a word of prayer. We'll be finished this morning. Father, I thank you so much again for your love and your mercy. I thank you so much, God, that you love me, that you died on the cross for me. Lord. 
God, that you desired for me to get saved. That you allowed me to hear the gospel. Lord, that you even made a way for me to, to be able to pray. I thank you for that, God. And I pray that you would help us this morning um, as we have this hymn of invitation. If people want to pray, they don't have to sing the hymn. If, they're, if there's something on their heart and they just want to pray, that's fine. Pray. This is a time that we can pray. Time that, if, if Lord, if you're dealing with somebody's heart, don't let the song of invitation distract them. Just keep praying. Um, and just help each other, each one of us, Lord. God, we, we want to be stronger. Help us to be stronger and equip us to be able to be that. Father, I ask that you would just bless again this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.